Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 620, recorded today live on the 20th of May 2020 in the lockdown era, I suppose we could call it, uh, where we're all managing to keep ourselves together, where our, our shared love of music and music technology and the synthesizers and all of those things that keep us occupied, I hope. And I hope you will be able to join us for the next hour or so, uh, where we will be talking of many such things. Uh, we are hoping to have a third guest, but so far he's not shown up, so we don't know. I hope, uh, hope it's all right and he's got network and stuff. So we'll go over and we'll say hello to Mr. Dominic Hawkin, who's over there uh, in, I don't know where he is, somewhere in the UK, in a studio. Darkest West Sussex. West Sussex. Oh, is that where the storks are? Uh, yes. Now, uh, this is, this. we're not a twitching show, even though we're streaming on Twitch. Um, <laughs> two pairs of storks have started to... Uh, uh, have, have basically have, have nested in the UK, and it's the first time for 600 oh. years. Well, I don't they're, know. They're up, an, they're up an oak tree somewhere in Sussex somewhere okay well I, I i don't get out at the best of times especially now but i will uh, i'll keep an ear open no one's mentioned it but uh everybody was very excited a, on the news a, a couple of neighbors oh that's that's mm. super really exciting it is oh, well, it? Feels, me something so to, we're uh, heading back towards kind of uh, well what was that that would have been king henry the eighth about 1400 was the last time <laughs> so we're heading back to the sort of like middle ages you know uh, uh, with, the, with the dolphins well, swimming up the thames and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah well that stuff and it. otters and you know maybe we'll have bears it. and uh, wolves back in the UK ah, by the end of wood. the lockdown. Who knows? There's a, a wood just up from where we live called Bearwood, so that would be great. <laughs> That's where they'll be. That's where they'll be. Well, lovely to have you, Dom. Uh, and you. we have Robbie Bronimum. Look, there he is. He, he arrived. Hello. He made it. How are you, Robbie? You Sorry, okay? I had to run up to the front gate for a courier. Who He was on was... the bog. He was on the bog. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. So anyway, I'm here. Excellent. Glad to hear it. So I'm just making sure we've got all our... Well, Robbie, of course, uh, lovely to hear you. I've actually, I didn't introduce Dominic. Dominic, of course, Mr. Wiggly on YouTube. And also, uh, uh, app, uh, Snuggle Sounds, uh, app developer, producer, songwriter, all of those things. I, I do beg your pardon. A lot of hats. Thank you a very much indeed. And uh, then there's a man with a hat on. Uh, I don't know if he's got a lot of hats. If I know Robbie, I suspect he might have a lot of hats. He's got a lot of pairs of glasses. Well, I, sh I've shaved, I've shaved off all my hair to start again because... When I found out I've got no gigs till next year, I thought no one's going to have to see me in public for a long time. So because oh. I, I had that kind of half and half hairstyle, it was like all off to start again or just go keep going with it. So I thought no time like the present. The lockdown. The I, I, there's a, there's, there's got to be, I'm so, sorry, there's a title there. A lockdown topiary. <laughs> lockdown topiary. Yeah. Topiary. They call yeah. the, the, My daughter said the, I looked like a Cabrit cream egg, which I wasn't the greatest compliment. <laughs> It's ah. the chips and curry look, isn't it? 50-50. The chips and ah. curry. That's what right. the haircut is. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, yeah. I'll come to you in a sec, Gaz. Robbie Bronneman there um, uh, in Bristol, also in Bristol. Uh, yeah. UK producer, well, uh, MD for Howard Jones. Guess not doing much live gigs, but I don't know if there's anything streaming setting up or coming up, but you're working on albums, soundtracks, all that kind of stuff. You good? Working on my own EP this at the moment. Three. Hold on. Yeah. Be, how long have you been working on this EP for? Is it like no, a, this is a different project? This, this is a project for a BT's label, so it's a different thing. Ah, okay. Excellent. Well, yeah. glad to hear it. Excellent. And that other voice uh, you heard there was Mr. Yes. Gaz Williams, who's also in yes. Bristol, but a different part. Gaz Williams there. Yes. Are you uh, are you joining You're us on your on your streaming setup, or are you joining us on the uh, webcam today? Yes. No, I'm on a streaming setup, so I can do something very weird like this. Whoa. 
Oh, right. That's oh. what everybody else sees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that um, all? <laughs> at no, the moment, don't, don't get it. Yeah. yeah, don't get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, bass player, yeah. music technologist, all of those things. How are you doing, guys? Are you well? Yes. I'm doing very good. Thank you very much. I'm getting ready for my show this evening. So, um, I'll. Oh, yes. Can You've I got just... a new show to plug. Yes, it's called The Gaz Williams Show. That's a very creative title. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and I'm planning on going live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. So it's a little bit like an after show, like a little after show to the Sonic Sonic show as well. So it's where we can all hang out and drink. When an hour's live streaming isn't (laughs) enough for you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but um, I'd like to mention, you see, in today's show, it's going to be a continuation of my my first forays into Eurorack. So uh, I have actually already plugged this. That is, uh, I've got the sub, the Moog Subharmonicon, which is going into the Eurorack. And I've been dying to try it out in that way, but I've been good and I'm going to do that exclusively live for the very first time. So that's one of the things. That's one thing to look forward to in this show. Another is I've got an amazing, amazing special guest who's going to be joining and and, um, and giving us a little music performance. We're going to have live music. I've also got some videos of some cool artists to play as well. So it's going to be a little bit more of an entertainment show, really, I suppose. As opposed to this one, which is... Which is your experience. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm only messing with you. Yeah, yeah head yeah. over. So that's on your YouTube channel, is it right, guys? On my Gaz Williams YouTube channel, yeah. And it's going to be going live. What's yeah. it called? 8, 8 p.m. tonight. The Gaz Williams the Show. The Gaz Williams Show. There we go. <laughs> I always okay. like that. Gaz Waldo. I don't know why. Gaz Waldo. Yeah, Gaz yeah, something like yeah. that. Anyway, well, uh, lovely to have everybody here. Uh, and nice to see all our friends in the... Uh, no, in the... No, good grief. In the YouTube chat room and in the IRC chat. Uh, just wanted to update everybody because I know last there's been a whole lot of messing around with the uh, audio version of the podcast. Uh, we got like flooded with, uh, you know, dodgy requests. We doubt that we had two million downloads via Amazon last month, which was just insane. And it cost us a fortune, but we managed to get some refunds off Amazon, which is awesome. And I've also moved it over to a, ho- a third party hosting provider uh, who don't charge for bandwidth. <laughs> So uh, hopefully this feed should all be sorted out. But I know some of you might have been experienced it trying to re-download a load of episodes because things changed. And we may change yet again, but I'll try and prevent any of that. So normal podcast uh, should be resumed for your MP3 needs. So I just wanted to put that out there for everybody who was maybe cursing us for eating up all of their mobile bandwidth while it downloaded 600 episodes all over again. Sorry. So... um, what should we start with? Well, let's start with, I mean, the big news of last week, we missed it because it came out after the show uh, was on, was uh, this Hello one. Hello and welcome to Sonic Lab. I'm Gaz Williams. And today we are looking at the new Akai MPC Live 2, or the Right Honourable MP Clive the Second, as I prefer to call it. <laughs> That's all I need to play, really. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yes, NPC Live 2, Akai NPC Live 2. Once you've heard that, you can't unsee it. Every time you look at it, you just think it's the MP, right honourable MP, MP Clive the second. Yeah, or well, even the first one would now just be the right honourable MP, MP Clive. Uh, the, if you don't know what that means, in the UK, a member of parliament is called an MP. So you would call somebody the right honourable MP for, you know, what... what um, what constituency is the MP uh, is MP Clive the um, second representing? Essex. 
Essex, I reckon. Yeah. So he's pretty close to you there, Dom. He could be looking. He, he is. Could be, he could be your He's probably looking at those stalks right now, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, conservation. He's a, he's a keen conservationist, but also really, really interested in new technology at the same time. We could riff on this for hours, couldn't we? But oh, yes, MPC, yes. like, I mean... Whenever there's some new Akai hardware out, particularly the MC, it's MPC brand. It's it's a massive thing. And uh, Gaz, very boldly and very thank you very much for taking that on because I could never have got round to it. <laughs> Took it on. Um, your headline yeah. takeaway from it. So, that, but people should watch the review, obviously, and they have yeah. been in their thousands. But. Uh, mm. It, well, I mean, it, you know, the big thing with it is the fact it's got built-in speakers. And, I mean, this is such a big talking point, really, because typically you don't asso- associate built-in speakers with, you know, high-quality professional devices. I mean, um, well, if you discount the <laughs> the uh, ARP 2600 and the VCS3, I was thinking about things which had built-in speakers. Uh, yeah. Of course, the venerable DJX HS, from HS60. Yamaha. <laughs> so, oh, Yeah. Juno, um, that, was, that was the Juno, wasn't it, with speakers? Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing that has to be said about the MPC speakers, though, is that they do sound better than you would expect for built-in speakers. You know, they call them monitor speakers, and they do sound kind of like monitor speakers, you know. And they, I think what I say in the review, and it's definitely something I'll stand by, is that they certainly sound good enough. They're good enough to, to, to work with. And the thing about having it straight in front of you is the immediacy of it, the sound emanating from where it starts you know there's something actually quite appealing about it and it does run on batteries as well so you know you do have this kind of mobile thing but again i mean i'm just quoting my review here you know it doesn't have any microphone inputs or it doesn't have like kind of guitar level inputs or anything so that's a bit of a shame because it stops it being that one one stop yeah yeah, you need but I mean, I guess the main thing is with that is, you know, obviously MPC workflow is an MPC workflow. And, and I think as yeah. you alluded to, there's no real sort of uh, global arrange mode where you can quickly move stuff around. It's all sort of pattern based and pattern change. So you have to be kind yeah. of into that, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, that's certainly my, uh, you know, my biggest, that was my biggest criticism of the whole thing, which is really more to do with the MPC platform. Uh, you know, I know lots of people do like it and use it. But, um, you know, I think this this is uh, this is the thing. They did say to me, though, that you can, I think your pattern lengths can be anything up to, gosh, I think maybe even 999 bars long. So you can build entire arrangements into single patterns. But I'm kind of thinking navigating, you know, you know, so there's ways around it. And, you know, quite often quite often um creative ways around things lead to interesting results so you know so i'm not adverse to that but but i think you know it it definitely feels a little bit long in the tooth as a working as a way of working um pattern-based stuff yeah Yeah. the pattern-based stuff um but also you know i think other pattern-based things have have changed you know in terms of uh you know like electron um different tracks having different pattern lengths and things like that whereas you know mpc everything is in what they call sequences in mpc terminology is you know you set the sequence and it could be 128 tracks of midi and on the hardware on this one eight tracks of audio and then that will be however many bars long that sort of sequence is. So, you know, the idea... Oh, so you like could set an entire... It's the sort of thing yeah. that might... I mean, this is the thing yeah. that always interested me about the live was it wasn't so much as maybe a composition tool, but as a kind of, OK, I've done all my work. 
I'm mm. now going to bounce it and I'm going to turn it into something that I can take out live and it's all yeah. there. It's not a laptop. It's got everything on SSD or a SD great. card and it'll run the show. Each You know, I don't need to arrange on the fly. I just need, you know, it to play out this song for yeah. me to be able to play my keys and trigger and all of those kind of things. So, Absolutely. And I mean, you know, very valid, very valid point. And, uh, you know, I think it's just for me, I'm always looking, I'm like a songwriter in a way and I'm looking to build songs, I think. So when I'm looking at these hardware devices i'm always curious to to see if it's you know if it enhances the songwriting process or if it is difficult to work the way i kind of want to work so so yeah as of yet you know i, know, I but, suppose but, well i was I just gonna say one thing 2.8 yeah. this is 2.8 and you know who knows what's going to be in akai you know in mpc 3.0 you know there could be changes to that there's certainly room well, I know they've been area. talking about uh, streaming from disc for samples, but uh, that's just not mm. coming. I don't, um, Dom, you, you, you've, you're a pat, you know, you, you've gone deluge, but presumably, did you go MPC first? I mean, have you been through the oh, MPC? Yeah, no, I've got a massive, massive soft spot for Akai, because way, way back in the day when I was about um, 18, 19, um, a guy called Dave Caulfield, who ran Akai UK, kind of took me under his wing, and they sponsored me. And I'd gone out and I'd, I'd got a bank loan and I'd bought an S1000 at the time to go off and do session musicians and kind of launch my musical career. And somehow I got in touch with with, with Dave somehow. Some, anyway, so I'm there sitting at Akai and I ended up going out and doing product demos for them. And I ended up with a rack of one of everything, literally. So at the time that would be S1100, 1000, 950, 900, MPC 60, you know, just sitting around whilst I would do this... Um, kind of product demos and, and work with them. And I wrote some software for them, which is what got me into software production to, to power the Akai SO1, if you remember that. It was really, oh, yeah. really cheap oh, yeah. uh, thing. But everyone wanted to look like the Pet Shop Boys with a with a screen, you know, with a waveform on it. So I wrote, that's how I got into software writing. So I, I owe Dave a lot. Um, and my company then at the time wrote uh, some software called Meza, which was the PC, at least the PC version, uh, that allowed you to squirt samples backwards and forwards between PCs and, and really kind of a little bit before its time, I guess. Now it's just, just sort of second nature. Um, and then when uh, it kind of got taken over a little bit and the UK side of Akai became more of a distribution channel, really, rather than having huge clout. And I kind of lost touch. Uh, Dave's retired now. And, and I feel a little bit let down, I guess, in a way, by Akai seeing what's coming out because it always seems to me a little bit unfinished. Um, if I if I had my way, I think the guys at, uh, at Akai should just buy Synthstrom, join together, mm -hmm. take the deluge UE and amazing kind of use, just the um, amazing product that it is, wrap it into Akai and off you go and, and make those guys millionaires and, and they've got the product of a lifetime going on there. But with the... With the with the MPC, was it the X, the, the the last sort of big big launch? It just struck me as a little bit rushed and unfinished. And then they seem to take quite a long time to get those software updates up to date. Because, uh, I mean, the the MPC sixty, well, classic classic machine that workflow still works. You know, just the idea of being able to put one finger on a pad and then it repeats the hi hat, and you can then just adjust the level yeah. of velocity of the hi hat. I mean, that was a game changer. That made. The influence on hip hop and rap that that came out with just that one function was incredible, and there's no need to 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 change that. There is a need, I think, to bring it up, just as Gaz said, so that you know, if you want a song mode, there is 60, a song you're mode. You're going 64 can... pads, yeah. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. It's it's not broken. It just always strikes me as being a little 
just a little bit unfinished and and i hope mm. that you know they push it through i do think that the part of this is probably down to the fact i think they were trying to um centralize all their codes so they were using the same code base across all the npcs and yeah. whenever you do something like that it's always a disaster to be honest and if you can pull that off that's amazing and the, and the um the upside of that is brilliant but it's true for any company just yeah. with websites well that, yeah that i mean that, bitwig you know bitwig parity across uh, uh mm. you know linux uh mac and pc you know windows etc hello robbie are you a uh, uh um are you a, a, a have been have you a, I, I put it to you sir are you, are you or have you ever been an npc person <laughs> i've never used one of those things in my life because i've the first sequencer i got was Oh, D20, and then I just meant oh, I moved on to a, a an Atari ST with 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 you know uh, what was it at the time before Notator, yeah. and then on to you know and then lo Logic. So I've just the the idea of those things for me is never. I've any time I've tried to dip my toe in the water with machine or something like that, that just sort of pattern based all in one paradigm for me just never works. It never works for me because I, I, I want to get under the bon bonnet far too quickly with things. So it's just, it's yeah, I've, I've probably owned two drum machines in my whole career. And I've, uh, I've, uh, I've had about, God knows, hundreds of since. So that tells you everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think that, that there's, the, the thing is, it's the nonlinear way of working or the linear way of working, isn't yeah. it? It's the, the, that's the, the thing. One or that the you... other. I mean, mostly one or the other. I mean, I know some people do a bit of both, but... I mean, it's just, yeah, I, well, I have tried to dip my toe in it and I just think, oh, God, I can't do this. I just need to be able to move this here. I need to move that there. I've got to put this yeah. on that. And I just, it doesn't work for me. So it, I've never even I've never even looked at one of these products. So, yeah. yeah I'm not, no, the only no. Acme product I ever owned was an S6000. And on, when I first got signed, I went on my first big tour and the day of the tour started, it, it for some inexplicable reason... I went to back up my jazz drive or whatever it was. I had the big one, you know, what was that one gig one? Was it jazz or is it Jitsi? Jazz, yeah. Jazz, yeah. And it and it was an early, really early firmware of the um of the software and I just sold two um Roland S seven S seven hundred you know, seven seventies to get this Akai. And I really was upset because basically it was the worst move I ever made because I went to back up the samples and it put bits of one sample into other samples. They were all like, they were all mashed up. So there was like a bit of a kick drum in the middle of a vocal, in the middle of a bass. And <laughs> that, would have been my, uh, that would have been my software. The time, and I had one more, one, more, I had one more jazz disc and I went, oh shit, I better back it up. And I did that and it did it to the second one as well. Oh no! So oh. yeah, the night before going on tour. So that's my that's my mm. fond memories of. I can understand why you might be slightly burned by that experience. That's yeah. not the sort of thing yeah. that you would. Uh, but I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but essentially, yeah. the MPC yeah. Live Two uh, gives you, it takes yeah. the MPC uh, Live, which was smaller, it yeah. makes it a bit bigger. Adds speakers and adds the CV and gate and keeps the batteries. So. You know, if, if, if portability was the thing you wanted, you know, there are three distinct areas that you could be in now. Live 2, Live, and the X. Uh, there was something else, wasn't there? Yeah, and the one. You've got the one. And the one. And, oh, yeah. And, and the, the one. Force. And the force as well. And the, Yeah, that's true. And the, the force. force. It's 64 pad sort of workflow. I, um, I don't know. The one feels like the sweet spot to me. I mean, it doesn't have the battery right. power, but it's got the CV and gate, and it's still quite small. And, yeah. You know, mm. I um, I was going to say one last thing, though, just uh, because the 2.8 update came out maybe like a, a week or so before the announcement of the uh, the, the 2, the Live 2, um, 
you know that that is a really significant update um for yeah that MIDI hosting is astonishing isn't it yeah MIDI hosting is is really really good but the thing that kind of got me as well though is that some things that came out in that version my goodness before that was because I haven't used it for a long time Oh, I was really frustrated with a bunch of things. Um, one thing, being able to just select track by just machine users will know that. You hold select and you hit a pad, hit pad two, and then you've selected track two. Uh, you know, that wasn't in it until 2.8. And now you can do it. You hold the main button and hit a pad, and then you, you jump to the, pad, you know, the the track select. And you know, so I, I was kind of curious, why would something that's so obvious take such a long time to be implemented you know two, version 2.8 you know i would have thought that would be there from version one uh, so i was just kind of curious maybe it's because of as like dom has mentioned you know just how well difficult uh, it is with... i don't know they've got a good team i mean pete goodliffe is a yeah. smart oh, yeah. smart cookie but i mean if they are unifying yeah. the code then that's going to take mm, a lot of time yeah. but once you're there then it should be golden right. shouldn't it but uh... so so i was just going to say though the, the workflow if you are if you've someone who's maybe dabbled a while ago and haven't for a while there's a huge bunch of new workflow enhancements and, and also something which just seemed ludicrously spiteful before you you can put it into this notes mode where you can have it um you know like you can on some other devices like machina as well but you, you can have it playing scales and you can play chords off mm. the pads but Prior to 2.8, if you wanted to change any parameters or in a, a different mode, like for instance, there's these very decent built-in soft synths, you would switch, you know, you'd go to the soft synth editor and the pads would revert to the kind of just the standard mm. and it would well, take it's good you job out. They, they, good job they fixed it, yeah. Yeah, uh, but again, you know, you just kind of think, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so I was just, that, the reason I was mentioning that was just in case anybody had had those earlier experiences with it it may be worth looking again because you know significant workflow increases in the 2.8 and that's for that's for the entire range does, well. does anyone know can you get can you get the mpc 2.8 plugin and try that before you get the hardware so you get your head around the way it works is that vi is that a viable route oh that's, that's a make, very good point that actually. would make sense machine you can't with machine you know they you know it's it's only hardware I think you might be able to. Well, because it works with all of the, just like controllers, doesn't it? And it's various different controllers that they've released over the years. Um, I'm guessing. Like, I don't know. That would, yeah, I, that, that would be, that may be a way to get around. Anyway, I think what we'll do now is we'll just have a little word from our friends over at Isotope. Uh, if you stay tuned, you'll be able to figure out if you either have won a copy of Ozone 9 Advance or if you are going to win one. Stick around. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. 
Indeed, and uh, we thank them very much for their uh, continued uh, provision of prizes. Uh, if you haven't won a copy of Ozone 9 Advance, then it's well worth entering. We have a competition for you. Uh, what we're looking for is a Twitter competition, competition, uh, and I have prepared a tweet, uh, hashtag this week. I'd be pleased to know. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag LockdownMaster and the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Looking for the hashtag LockdownMaster, one word, and the hashtag Ozone 9, which is the number 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And that's on Twitter. And we thank them very much for their provision of the prize. And we've also got a competition winner from last week. Uh, and this is, the winner is someone called Cruz Beat Bazaar, or Cruz Beat Bazaar, at Cruz Beat Bazaar. Lots of Zs in there. And they tweeted the requisite hashtags and whatnot, and the supercomputer picked them. So congratulations. If you want to get in touch, you'll get your copy of Ozone um, 9 Advanced. Yes, indeed you will. All right. Um, now, there were a couple of other topics here, which were more sort of uh, um, just general. Uh, as many of us, you know, in lockdown, we're kind of finding new stuff out. I know Gaz, for instance, is spending a lot of time figuring out how to get sort of live streaming and multi-camera switching so he could do content from his place. Uh, Dom, I'm sure, has things that he's working on. I've been doing various things. And, and, and Robbie, I'm sure you have. And so I had this kind of question, which was what, what was the last technical revelation that really helped you out? Because quite often when you've had time to kind of, you know, think, actually, I never really bothered to learn this. And you just go, boom, there's a light bulb moment, you know. And I wondered, you know, if anybody had had one of those recently. Robbie, I know you've been through quite a lot of changes this week. Uh, what yeah, with... I've, I've, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I moved the computer to, finally moved it to Mojave, whoever it is, um, just so I could have logic. I definitely wasn't going to go to Catalina because no. um, I wanted to still keep my power core going, trusty power core for one plug-in. Um, and it's all flawless. I've managed to upgrade the whole system. Every single bit of software I'm running, running flawlessly in logic, even all the things that people are having problems with from native instruments, everything's working fine for me. So uh, I know a lot of people have problems. I think it's people who just went, oh, shit, I got to upgrade and just upgraded straight to Catalina without thinking about maybe making the jump to the mid to the, you know, the next well, best Mojave, thing. Mojave is the, 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 the current OS minus one, isn't it, that Apple will yeah, support? That's what I, mean, that's what, I mean, that's generally been my, always been my stance, but then obviously Catalina came out and I was like, it was just, I was just waiting for a good point in the proceedings at the end of projects where I'd made stem packs for everything just to know that I could, you know, I wasn't going to get caught out by a client. So I did that, but that, that's been great. But I've been, I've been having a real revelation in totally revising the way I, the way I produce a mix very much with, um, very much with some um, sort of input from, from BT with regards to uh, the way you, mixing stuff to to various sets of stems and doing stem mastering um for your you know your finished songs as opposed to stuff on the main output so i've oh, been right. kind of relearning my whole relearning my whole kind of last 20 years of stuff so yeah it's been good it's been really so interesting process Elaborate. So what you would do, you'd break, you'd kind of get the arrangement how you want it, get the individual parts how you want them sound-wise, and then bounce them down and... and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about... It, it's, it, I've got 12, 12, 12, 12 subgroups, and it's all about doing lots of sculpting on the subgroups um, for things as groups as opposed to then putting anything on the master bus at all. And so, therefore, you could then provide up to 12 stems to your mastering engineer for... You know, end product, um, and it, it just seems to be 
to my mix already i've been working on two tracks on my thing and i just like the night and day the, the sound of everything and also moving everything to audio as quickly as possible um because what i've been shocked about is when you bounce everything to audio even stuff you'd just consider would just be sample accurate when on the grid after you've bounced in place you know like samples samples or virtual instruments that are kind of you know very established it's surprising how much stuff isn't actually properly really totally on the grid even when you bounce in place i guess because plugins introduce a bit of latency here and there so um yeah it's just been a revelation sort of just like learning to kind of work with audio from a very early stage as opposed to leaving everything open in a session I suppose that makes sense because, I mean, when you've got lots of things living and breathing, the, the phase relationship between them all and the effects, it all starts to get, it can get a bit mushy, I presume. Is that, is that kind I mean, of one it's of the... It's a revelation for me because I mean, it's just a revelation in terms of sample accurately editing drums and bass lines and everything together as audio. And then the other revelation is, of course, is that you realise that once you've done that kind of process and um, consolidated everything down to 12, and then I've pack everything into groups so there's like 12 stems of your arrangement that's all that's left in your arrangement you can then start doing loads of interesting things to it because you've got such broad stroke kind of like room for trying things out you know like before you go i want to put a, this plug-in across this subgroup it takes about an hour to get all the routing sorted out you try it you bounce it you don't like it whereas when you start working with audio at that kind of really raw level you can quickly try so many crazy things out. So, yeah, it's quite liberating. Interesting. Yeah, I can understand why that might be the case. You've got to be bold. You've got to yeah. be bold. You know, you've got to say, I'm happy with what I've got. And, I'm, you know, you don't want to keep going backwards and rebouncing backwards and rebouncing. But if you can, if you can have that kind of confidence, it's, it's, it, I'm having great fun doing it. Brilliant. Well, that that's a pretty big that's a pretty big change to workflow. Dom, yeah. how about you? I mean, I guess you you know you, you've had time. Uh, aside from I saw that rather charming video of your daughter uh, uh, introduced to the Looper for a school project. That was excellent. So I, I'm guessing there's. The, I don't know if you got any tips from that, but um, blown away with that. Yeah, go check out. Um youtube.com mr wiggly for that but but also for me rather than my daughter but she's rapidly uh, getting more views than i am to be honest that was just using the uh, <laughs> the boss looper the rc505 that originally yeah, yeah. i was going to lend to you nick and That's then right, i said yeah, i'm yeah. sorry I, I i can't lend it to you because my daughter's really getting into it she's eight and then there was a school project on um uh, the rainforest and we just had some percussion you know chicken shakers and stuff like that and she just said right record me and it was great really really good so i was, I was blown away like that but um yeah a couple of things just just um touching on what robbie just said yeah just i i did that quite a long time ago go to audio not my thing is don't get hung up it's not so much go to audio because the timing changes i quite like the timing changing but I want it to consistently change. So <laughs> I want to catch on audio, the, the, the thing that grooves right, the thing that works right. And also what, what committing to audio does, especially if you've got an external synth or a software synth or something, what I'll tend to do now, which has been a game changer, um, is run that synth through something external, whether it's a preamp or a bit of modular kit or a, a speaker and a mic or whatever, and alter stuff as it's being recorded. So everything begins to change. And this is mainly with the kind of techno stuff that i've been doing i mainly do either dub reggae or techno which is a nice which is a nice mix but my my aim for just before lockdown was to go out and do some live techno sets mainly on modular and obviously that hasn't happened because of lockdown but i did a virtual one 
recently at a thing called Clownfest, which went really, really well. So big up Clownfest, by the way, if you want to look on Facebook for Clownfest, there's another one coming up in July. Sort of like 20 minute sets. It's a really good format. So rather than having loads of people on for ages, I had a lot of people doing 20 minute sets each, which kept it really interesting. But I found my game changer, which is kind of relative to this, was the expert sleepers module. The, I've got uh, an ES8, but they make quite a few different ones. And it's yeah. basically a sound card interface to your modular so it turns up as a standard sound card but because modular stuff is at a higher voltage it, the, the, the signal comes out a lot much hotter and goes in that needs to go in a lot hotter it's very hard to get things out of the computer into modular and this esa is just brilliant so what it meant i could do was i could take a vocal or any synth internal external whatever and use my modular kit as a fx rack effectively and i was banging on about this schwayman qmmf4 last time i was on which is basically a really nice filter with a distortion preampy switch on it it's not even a dial and putting stuff out through that even if you take something like serum or omnisphere or diva or anything you know that's their kick drums putting through that gives it another life and takes it out of the box and then you're back into audio again and you're done and that that has been a total game changer for me before i used to have to kind of just get some cables and try and map to the levels and it was to be honest too much hassle so i didn't bother now just routing things out of the computer through something i'm going to do do you, do you aggregate it i mean you're using aggregating devices for that so as in what mixing it down together and and well no i mean i mean or, um so you know the x the, the es8 becomes one of a couple of audio, you've got oh. the audio interface that you're monitoring through and then when you're sending it. yeah 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 so on the mac you make an aggregate interface so it just becomes an, ex an extra set of outputs so i just have my main speakers coming out from the main a to d and this is just another set of inputs there and by aggregate i thought you meant you can kind of combine the original signal with this and i do that a bit but but i, I think i care less about you know minuscule timing differences and keeping everything in midi until the last minute in case i want to move a kick drum and things are sounding so yeah. much better um mm. and and so that whole thing about like looking at other people who are making dance music and stuff um saying that a lot of their time is spent making things change over time they won't just have a kick drum going they won't just put a hi-hat in there they'll have a hi-hat with a filter just moving so everything just moves together is is that's the game changer for me and this es8 as a bit of kit um has made that possible really and and funnily enough not caring uh, my tip for tip for 2020 is don't get so hung up on, on on making everything perfect put it down and and wipe it if you don't like it just don't spend hours working on your kick drum do one well, and, and do something else you know there is that isn't there how much time does it take just to stop and do it again rather than try and fix yeah. something that's broken the first time do it and live yeah. with it do it yeah. do it and live with it for a couple of yeah. minutes well, I guess yeah. so. Uh, technical Ooh. revelation, then you know the last oh. thing that you just went. Oh my goodness! So many, so many. So many. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say just to carry on from what Don was saying, and uh, um, actually, analog summing. You know, the review that I've been doing of the uh, Silver Bullet uh, has definitely been very eye-opening in terms of uh, analog summing, because you know, to take something out of the digital domain put it through a set of converters and then reconvert it back in. It's something that I'd avoid, studiously avoided. For, I'm not even sure when I made that decision, but I was of the kind of mindset that, that, that an AD and a DA only happens once. It happens on the way in from your microphones or whatever in to the digital domain, and it remains in there until it's played off a CD or off an MP3 or whatever it is 
only then does the uh, does it come out of the digital domain. So I pretty much have worked absolutely inside <laughs> of that for years and years and years. Um, I know Rich Hilton is a big fan of analog summing. Uh, but having this device uh, here for this review, sadly, it's got to go. So um, <laughs> uh, it has really changed my opinion about taking stuff out. Now, of course, it's a pain. It's a pain to do that because um, it means you have to print everything in real time, I guess, you know, and just, every, you know, it just adds a lot of time into the process. Uh, and it's, um, you know, do I have to take photos of the knob settings that if it was just, you know, oh, can you just take a tiny bit off that? And then I want to re reprint it again in like we used to have to do in the bad old days uh, in real time. Um, so that, that sort of is the counter to it. But the effect of analog summing is really quite striking. And I mean, even if you're just doing it with just a stereo, just sending a stereo mix out and back in again. And uh, the effect of the stereo image. That's the thing I think that's blown me away the most. And I've made my own conclusion about why that is, uh, which, I'll, which I, I, I think it's this, that in, when you're in the box or whatever and you, and you put something and you say, put it in, in the center, then that signal, identical versions of it exist in the left and right speakers. Then when it goes out through the analog, it goes out through an analog process and then the very, 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 and I mean, we're talking extremely subtle variations that happen when it returns in that say vocal or whatever it was, that's pan center, the identical bits of it in both sides, it's not quite identical anymore. Uh, and, and yes. Okay. So they that, that, changed. Right. And then, you know, that across everything that was the same, on both sides are ever so slightly different. I mean, I'm, this is my conclusion. I mean, I'm not entirely sure why it is, but it just seems to be deeper and more 3D and just like a just like a much richer sound stage. And I've been like thinking this, I mean, apart from it blowing my mind just how profound that difference is, just thinking that that must be something to do with the reason. I mean, maybe someone could enlighten me as to what it is but uh but certainly from a mastering point of view um so i've been trying to mimic the silver bullet using the analog heat which you can kind of kind of get close to it's not exactly the same it starts to go off in a slightly different direction but the advantage of using the analog heat is you can do it with overbridge and with overbridge 2.0 seems a lot more you know stable and and useful so yeah so yeah that, i think that that's the thing the you know Analog summing, that's certainly... I, I, the other thing that's been blowing me away is, is OBS, but that's for, a, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> yes, well, it certainly is. But uh, we are going to... I think we're going to start doing a couple of things on, you know, live streaming setups and whatnot, yeah. you know, uh, reviews of equipment. So, uh, just in, I got an email from Tats uh, from Germany, uh, Korg Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, they've just announced something called the Pajama Cookbook, which is a guide to solitary self-feeding, which is... Uh, um, to do with fee, food and, and all sorts of things. If you go to korg-germany.de, uh, you can get that and uh, download for free. It's a PDF. In fact, I'll have a look at that, see what it looks like. Self-guides for Korg. So it's, yeah, a small team. Come to get Korg Germany off the ground. Uh, they've, yeah, so 
Oh, it's, it's basically recipes from uh, loads of people. We've got Mark Verbus Carnitas Tacos, or you can have uh, Dave Smith's Margarita, inevitably. <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, that's quite good, I see. So, yeah, it's just like a sort of a load of people about th nice things to eat. What a great idea, taking that out there. So if you want to check that out, that's at korg-germany.de. In fact, if I paste that in the, uh, in the chat room, then it will actually show up in the show notes in the right place. There we go. Why not? That's that works excellently. Um, okay, so uh, that was that's an interesting idea. So um, let's think about this. Um, what would we have next? Oh uh, yeah, did anyone see the? Uh, oh yeah, uh, this the MIDI Designer Two uh, update, which I don't know if anybody of you have ever used this, but uh, this is this was a Hi, game changer I'm Dan for me. Rosenstark from MIDI Designer, and in this video, I'm going to show you our latest feature, uh, which is showing and hiding panels from buttons. Uh, so the first feature is, um, well, I'm going to This is actually quite a dry work. video, but for those of mm. you who don't know, me and Gaz reviewed uh, MIDI Designer Pro ages ago mm. in uh, Sonic Touch oh. videos, and it's a really right. brilliant, and, and we still use it. In fact, I've got an iPad 1 over there that is running uh, the maximum it can. It's iOS 5. Point one, point one, and the, the you know the version that I have of Midi Designer Pro runs out, and that show, runs the whole show, uh, not this show, but it runs the the studio side of things, switching cameras uh, and transitions, and you know putting things on the back screen, on the front screen, what have you. It runs all of that, and it's a really brilliant um, piece of software that allows you to create sort of custom buttons and MIDI. And I that's one thing I really wish I could update, but the problem is, is I've got the old Alesis IO dock, which has got the mm -hmm. the old 30-pin connector, so it just stays there connected and and in the system, connects via Wi-Fi or USB, and works out. This is uh, 2.1.5 coming up quite soon. But again, this is this sort of controller-ish thing. It's this kind of notion of creating this custom control environment so that you can have everything as you want it. You know, it can evolve and take time. And we've been using, uh, recently we've been trying with the Elgato Stream Deck and, you know, all of those things. Um, I don't know if anybody, I'm guessing, Dom, you might be familiar with the uh, MIDI Designer Pro because uh, yeah, it, yeah. it's, it's a great piece of software. I'm, I'm, I'm a couple of versions out, actually. I'm so into that kind of control, to be honest. And I love the idea of... of macro controls, a bit like you can set up in, in, in Ableton really easily where, you know, a knob doesn't just turn a filter, it'll push the resonance or push the bass up to cater for the lack of resonance, you know, bass when the resonance goes up, that kind of stuff. And this is perfect. It's just perfect use of stuff like an iPad to do that. I haven't tried the new Logic that you discussed yesterday, iPad interface, that sounds good. Omnisphere has a really good iPad style control service, but this is brilliant because effectively you can just make whatever you want. And MIDI isn't isn't that hard to get your head around with the, with the, the, the way to program that stuff. Certainly, if you want to do something simple, this is probably the best thing that you could use to do it with. And if you want to do something complex, then then equally so. My, my only thing I'm missing now, and the only reason that I haven't used it so much recently, is is I'm trying to recreate the feel of a desk when you're twisting um, effect sends on the fly. So I really want to grab a knob and turn it and send some echo and then turn another knob and turn up the feedback to the echo. Um, and, and I can't find any desk control 
or, or uh, front-end desk-style desk hardware that has effect sends in. I can find loads of things with faders on and stuff, but nothing which has a, a, a rack of effect sends on the top. So I'm going to go back and use this to do it um, and then maybe try and, you know, set something else up to, to, to control it later when it comes out. But that, that what I'm really missing from being in the box is just that idea of being able to grab three or four effect sends and just turn them on the fly and record them, you know. Um, mm. And mm. with this, you can do that, which is great. My only thing is I just kind of want a tactile knob sometimes. Well, that's, midi, that's the midi fire thing is that um, I think somebody was talking about. I know, Robbie, because I, I, you've got a lot of hardware stuff. I mean, you're very much in the box, and I know you've streamlined down your setup. I mean, are you uh, are you finding that you're creating these kind of custom controls for your well, system? I, yeah, I mean, Stream Deck, I've got pages and pages of stuff on that. I mean, I'm just, like, just creating stuff all the time for that. Um, uh, I've got... I really want one of those Electra One MIDI controllers. Do you remember that? that? You showed, we had showed it on the show a while ago. It's like a bespoke touch screen with with um, with two rows of um, knobs underneath. It, you, you might be interested in this, actually, dog, um, for what you're talking about. But it looks like a fantastic way. You, know, you can create. Oh your yes, I do remember because you, you just missed it, didn't you? you just. Uh, I had one actually. Be, yeah. yeah, this thing. I had. This? I had. I had Is that one. it? And yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, and I had one on trial from them as well, and it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, after the show, actually, uh, a, a guy that over here had got two units from them to test sent me one, and they're brilliant. And they've just gone back, I think, to tweak some design on the. There was a couple of things they needed to tweak before the full run, so I don't think it's out yet. Um, and it is brilliant, actually, because touching any of those little controls would then fire up on the display. Yeah, this is what it does, and it was it's it was absolutely color, perfect. You know? Yeah, uh, really, so really well that, done. That's, that's the one you haven't got that you want. <laughs> that's, that's what it. I really like. I mean, you say I'm in the box. All the work I'm doing is pretty much everything's all analog, external stuff. So I've been printing off my. I've got the Wasp, the Cat, the Model D, and the Pro One all racked up. Oh, is, that you've got, is that your Behringer rack, yeah? Yeah, I've got like a little wall of Behringer with all, and they're all going, each one's got a Korg SQ1 connected to it. Behringer boy. And then everything else is synced up. So I've got the Prophets, you know, the OB6 and my modular and the Hydra synth and the Quadrant and the Quantum. And I've been doing all everything with that. So it's all been like printing, 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 printing all the time. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Gas. Oops. Oh, he's gone. You need to, you, I think you need to, uh, oh, the 30 minute limit on your camera. Here he goes. He's back again. God. I just have to press the, the remote button once. And do I remember? No, I've got to do that on my show later as well. Just, oh. Anyway. Yes. Uh, well, MIDI designer. I mean, gosh, well, it must've been like close on eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. Was it that years? long? Crikey. Oh, or maybe or six years ago. I'm not sure, but we did award it our, illustrious sonic touch gold award didn't we to sort of rep to recognize that it was a you know a really great piece of software and you know you can use it as a as in between you know you don't have to use the controls on the ipad screen you could be using your bespoke controller and just use the you know just use it as a sort of middle as a mapping kind of device as well um so it's incredibly deep and it's uh but when we looked at it, Nick, you know, because I was doing a project, I think, uh, which I needed a complex MIDI, um, a MIDI system for back in. Yeah, well, that was 2012, wasn't it? Yeah, eight years yeah. ago. How about, how about that? 
um, but I think you know it's an interesting piece of software in that it's uh, it it's looks more or less the same. You know, they've kept of certain um par, you know um paradigms that they've that they've maintained which i think is really good uh very clear to see what you're doing so if you are using the touch display you know you can have it so you can really um customize exactly how you want it to behave and i think yeah. uh you know it's really good so i think it's for people who bought it like myself yeah i was just gonna say it's uh i think we've got it on the app store it's not cheap i mean it's 20 oops that's not what i was looking for that's what i was looking for it's 28.99 but it's definitely i would say it's worth getting Mm. hold of if you need some real because it's uh, and you can email stuff to yourself it's it's just a really nice thought out bit of kit it's really good for doing multiple program change messages if that's the sort of thing you want to do you know so you can have different scenes where you hit a button and it will send multiple program change at the same time to different things and then you know yeah if you want to go down that route i think it's probably about as best a way that i've ever i've ever used anyway so yeah it's sort of kudos to them keeping going and uh you know this new update it sort of it allows for you just to sort of touch the screen and make the controls sort of collapse and you know there's a bit more yeah um, that's got a really interesting show and hide panel so you can kind of hit a button and i'll just go boop here's here's the thing and it's gone again or hit another button and another panel show yeah. up in it just really so you could yeah. effectively you're getting into designing your own GUIs effectively aren't you so absolutely absolutely so yeah, yeah. strongly recommend if, if that's something you might be interested in of course you know it, it can be controlling soft synths so you know using it as you yeah because you, you can access you can access Hardware ports connected to the I.O. You can send RTP MIDI uh, because the iPad. You can send it over the network. You can send it over USB. I mean, there's all sorts of ways in and out of it. So, it's, mm. yeah, very cool. Well worth going. MIDI Designer Pro. Check that out. Um, I, we should actually. There's a new product, um, which is this. We it's should... a new Dawn. No, that's it's not it. New... Is it that? It's this. That's what I mean. That's what I was going to play. This is the new Farlight from... native instruments the human voice is unique in its ability to produce an almost unlimited range of timbres welcome to a walkthrough of farlight our new granular vocal instrument farlight is all about the human voice and what can be achieved with it when combined with a granular engine real-time modulation and effects Farlight uses an advancement of the established Straylight concept, where two layers of granular and sample playback form a master snapshot that can be played tonally. While Straylight focuses primarily on the cinematic soundscape, Farlight explores a wider range of styles. I have to say, this demo sounds really good, and this is one thing that reiterated to me... uh, I, I always forget this because uh, whenever I, t- I load libraries into various things and you get contact libraries, whenever you listen to a native instrument drum library specifically, they just sound really good. They're like recording ready. They just that there's yeah, something yeah, about the yeah. way that they do stuff. You just go, my God, that's fantastic. And you just don't. Yeah. And I know there are there are other library manufacturers, but there's something about either the quality control or the engine they use or something. They just sound really good. Uh, mm. And and this is equally as much. This is very interesting. The other reason this came up is because uh, Ala Alders, uh, who is the Sonar Traffic guy, uh, one of the Sonar Traffic guys uh, from Holland. If you've been watching, he's been doing loads of. Uh, um, live modular streams and they're really good uh he provided 44 patches for the farlight but this thing is it looks like a really you know it's again it's another one of those um 
I guess it's built, you know, probably built in Reactor and given its own GUI and whatnot. Uh, and uh, normally, uh, so I think this is 179 reduced to 129, but it sounded really good. And it, it, again, it just reiterates this co concept of how adaptable the human voice is as well. I've got you on camera scoffing there, Robbie. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what are you eating? Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating. I mean, spicy chili, big hula hoops. Oh, I thought oh. it was going to be something really sort of healthy and that's uh, kind of like, you know, like small sushi. <laughs> no. Chilled no. dates. No. Oh, I wish it was sushi. Oh, I miss sushi so much. Oh, gosh, mm. yes. Oh. That's true. Me too. I love yeah. that sushi. Um, yeah. oh. Are you a Native yeah. Instruments kind of library and, and, and a consumer? Oh, my God. I'm a guy I've got. I. I it would scare the pants off you to know how much money I've spent on on contact libraries for scoring over the years. Um, yeah, I'm a massive I'm a massive user, um, and complete whatever we're on now eleven, twelve, fifty. It's like it's like it's sort of like the incremental like Saw movies, isn't it? It's like there seems to be a new <laughs> one every six months. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, no, I've been a big user right from the beginning. I, I uh, Reactor, big user of. Um, yeah, the FM7 I used to use a lot. All of them, massive, all of it. But um, mostly nowadays more the, the sampling side of it, so the contact side of it, and complete control because I've got the, the 49 and the 88 in the studio, which I use a lot. So, right. Um, yeah. That, that integration. It's, it does sound good, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what the uh, – yeah. I don't, I don't know I've got the other one. The other one's uh, good. The, what's it called? Far, Straylight. Uh, Straight, yeah, yeah, that one. I, I'm a sucker for anything granular. I have been for years, so I mean, I consume anything granular. You know, I just, what, what I, is I, it? I what, what does granular offer you that you that you know you're not finding elsewhere? Is it just a different I perspective? Just, I, just love all the, I just love all the kind of weird um, time-based manipulation you can do of stuff, and um, you know, stretching, extrapolating things out and making atmospheres out of it. You know, I mean, I'm a bit overloaded here because I've got the I've got the, you know, the Tasty Chips GR1 hardware um, granular sampler and, and the Quantum. But I still love Borderlands and all all those kind of apps on the iPad I use regularly. So, yeah, I just, mm. I just, there's something about it. I just, I just love it. I think it's because of the kind of music that I'm really into, the kind of, the, the, the artists, electronic artists like, you know, Amin Tobin and BT and all those sort of people who are much more on the experimental sound design end of dance music and electronic music's always appealed to me. And Granular just has that kind of ability just to go totally into the realms of far out nonsense. So, yeah. Yeah. Far, out, far out, far light, even. There, there we go. There's yeah. a, but uh, there, it sounds like there's a nod to Fairlight, cause of, especially with all those kind of ooey vocals yeah. there, Dob. I mean, there was just definitely a sort of a little nod. Yeah, totally. Although completely not Fairlight related ultimately no but i mean contact is such a great platform i agree with you with the sounds i don't know i mean it was it um yoad saying that he decided that different doors sounded differently i mean there is something going on in contact in the way that it seems to process drums or, or process sounds in general well the a last, battery, what, the battery sounds really good as well yeah it? yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the last um the last one I got excited about up until this one, because I really like the sound of this, was uh, Noir. Do you remember the piano one we touched oh, on here? Was it Nils, Nils uh, Fram? Amazing. And yeah. straight after yeah. that, I bought that. It's just so usable. Incredible sounding piano yeah. stuff. And this is the same. I think there's something about the human voice. I mean, we are designed to try and pull out human voices from 
all sounds, you know, from from way back when we were listening for people shouting for help or something. And so using sparsely using these kind of weirdly tuned or strange vocal noises when they had, still have an element of human to them, it really pops out the mix. Uh, I mean, for, unfortunately, to the point of being a little bit cliched now, maybe with the, with the, they've been kind of all over pop for a while. Um, so the on the demo for this, it does sound great, but I think it's a bit overused on those voices. But the pad sounds and stuff that are just always usable um, sound great. I mean, there's yeah. a few on Omnisphere that I use a lot, and this I think takes it to another another dimension. So I'm really really interested in this. I think it's, it's really well put together, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with Robbie. I think you know um, he said he's a massive user. Ho ho, good pun there with massive X and all that. But yeah, I've got. <laughs> 12 or whatever and i've also yeah. kind of ended up using mainly contact stuff the rest of it's a, is there and gets used but actually if, if i kept a diary of all the soft synths i'd be using contact would be up there and not so much of the of the other stuff i think now mm. i wonder you are right. sorry now what's going to say i was going to reiterate nick i mean the, the quality of content that they they it, it, they are kind of one of those companies it's a bit like the, they're like you know the the apple of content you know in terms of the, it's consistently high and the people that they choose to collaborate with on releases like the nils fram thing and things like that it, you know and the uguna cord or all those kind of things it's always right up there so you, you i always feel really confident buying their stuff you know that mm. it's you know i wonder if they have interesting i mean they must join and they've got a consistent sort of sample a and r person that everything's gone through they kind of yeah so it's yeah. got to be i mean spitfire they there's these sort of big companies who are, who are managing these massive really kind of um you know epic projects they've they've got to have like incredible procedures in place for for you know for quality control yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the only the only downside to all of this kind of massive sample library stuff is you've got to carry all of this stuff around with you, and that becomes the kind of the the, the pain in the ass. You know, it's that's the Born thing that's sort of SSDs. yeah. Well, exactly those <laughs> little ones, but they're not they're not they're not cheap, are they? But they are small, I suppose. No. But uh, it's still terrifying. I've got I've got little I've got a little um, amazing little um, Thunderbolt three box, and it's got four four terabyte SSDs in it. And it's like, it's about this big, the box. And I take it around with me when I'm touring. So I've got my whole sample library and a backup of my sample library and my whole audio drive and a backup of my audio drive always with me. And I just slot it in the studio. So I've, I've effectively got all my samples all the time. But right. it does, it's, not, it's not cheap to do. But it's the only way of having access to everything all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you're like Yoad and you just have a, a, a hundred megabit line and everything's on Dropbox and you just download it when you need it and share it that way because uh, here's an intro. Which well, there was another topic about that, but not on the tour button. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose not. I know, Gaz. This yeah, well, you mentioned this actually when we were talking yesterday that the uh, Firelight yeah. had, had come out and it, it does sound really nice. I have to say. Yeah, um, you know, but it's I only mean, actually one point two gigs as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's a decent decently small footprint really i mean i you know with software i'm still playing catch up with things from years ago like from in the native instruments like rounds and what was the, the little granular one that they did um with a single sample um in the middle big i'm not sure in it's incomplete anyway but you know um so from a personal point of view i mean I, i'm just not that interested in not just this but in software, really, these days, other than the recording and some 
processing actual instruments i've i've really lost lost the interest in in software since that's interesting isn't it i mean i'm similar i wonder why that is i mean i wonder what it is that why we've been lost what is it that that that, you know that why is it that we're we're dropping away or the fact that they haven't been compelling enough or what do you think it is they're super compelling i think as i say i think it's just that one's like omnisphere sort of killed it in a way just by being like almost unassailable brilliant incredible um and yeah and i just feel i think and i've mentioned this before but and again this is like a personal thing and i don't really make commercial music i make shitty music that's what i make so i'm interested (laughs) in shitty sounds so you know some nice glossy lovely professional stuff doesn't really interest me a lot really um but uh, but i was kind of meaning no a bit of facetious there but um you know, I, I I love like the the stylophone, you know, in the new one, and it's horrible, dirty, flawed self, and I just love it. And and I've been doing stuff recently with my abyss, and I love it. And I have a relationship. Yeah, with I know what you mean. Devices. It's harder to have that I, unless you're working. Always- yeah, it's always on the other side of the glass. It's always over there. It's someone else's work, and you just, you know, and you and they try and flatter you with just a few controls that you feel like it's yours to give yourself some self, some sense of ownership <laughs> on it. But really, it's just, it's just playing with your ego, really. You know. That's oh well, I, well, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got a very. I think I think it's been a bit of a shift for me because, like, obviously we went through the whole thing of, oh, like, you can make have synths now in a computer and everyone gets rid of all their gear and they have all, like, these sort of early virtual synths and all that stuff. My, my, I'm a bit with Gaz in terms of I'm really not interested, apart from a few companies that I, I kind of, you know, really kind of follow because they've been, they're part of my kind of sonic, cookbook as it were that i've always used people like arturia i'm always you know always keep up to date with all those kind of people i'm really not interested in buying endless virtual instruments that act, that replicate analog synths etc etc because like we've said you can get so much more joy and fun and creativity with, with an analog synth in your hands doing it um but what what i do love is software that pushes the boundaries outside of what you know hardware does so kind of very interesting instruments, hybrid instruments, hybrid processors that are totally outside the normal, you know, very standard paradigm of what things should be. So, you know, software still interests me on that kind of level. So, for instance, I just got that Oak Sound Soothe plugin. I don't know if you know that. Incredible no. plugin for like, it does like thousands of bands of like dynamic EQ at once, you know, and it's like, that is only possible in software. It's not possible in a hardware unit. And those kind of tools interest me if they're going to help me, you know, achieve something better in the studio sonically. But buying another analog compressor when I've already got about 100 of them doesn't interest me. So it's really tools that are kind of forward thinking for me where software is exciting. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, I suppose it's horses for courses, isn't it? And, and obviously, lots of people will say that, you know, software is generally more affordable. And that's true. I mean, this far side is 179 bucks. So and it's obviously polyphonic, polyphonic, and it sounds 
great from what I can t- gather. And it's it, it just depends on what you need it for. Uh, and, and Dom, I imagine, you know, sometimes you need it because you've got a deadline and you've got, you just need Dude, to be I able to recall it. Uh, I, I, was, uh, I wish my, uh, I wish I did a decent pair of headphones that didn't keep falling out my ear. Um, I was just going to say everything's an oscillator, right? Just think of everything as an oscillator. My voice yeah. is an oscillator. Contact libraries are oscillators. Just just mash them up. Take that source sound, whether it's something with a microphone, and do stuff to it. Turn it into your own. Yeah, if you've got, um, I don't know, uh, something in, in Ableton running, running and you can just flip between different drum loops that you've downloaded, that's not really your thing, right? But if you mash them up, if you change them, if you put them through filters, if you echo them, if you reverse them, chop them up, put them in simpler, all that kind of stuff, that's your creativity. So everything is just a noise source for you to kind of um, sculpt into your own thing. goes back to what I was saying with this, this uh, modular stuff I've been working with. You know, I'm just getting it out of the box, putting it through modular and sticking it back in. But you could literally take something, get a microphone, stick it in front of your speaker and record it back into your door and it will already sound different for your kick drum, you know. Um, I'm going to get a, I would have got a dustbin for my next YouTube video where I was just going to put a speaker in the bottom of a dustbin and play stuff back and record that to get some, some, some air moving behind the sounds, you know, but with lockdown, I'm not allowed to buy a dustbin. So I've got a, I've got a Christmas tree pot that I found in the garage that we used to have. Anyway, what I'm saying is, is, you know, get, get, Make your mark on the sounds you have. Don't be limited by using the sounds just because they happen to sound good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Always an interesting idea. How about having a really long tube, like a big sort of drain tube about so big with a 12-inch yeah, yeah. speaker in it that you can move further and further away from the sound source on a little there's motor? A, <laughs> there's a 12-inch cab right behind me that my DJ mate gave me. I can't move the camera to show you. And literally just in this room, if you put a kick drum through it and you stick a mic in various corners or whatever, and just feed that back in with the original signal, suddenly, Mm. you know, you don't need so much of these kind of valve-driven, super expensive preamps. They're great. I've got a couple here. You know, there's a tube core and a rooster booster and all the rest of it. But suddenly just making the air move a little bit and mm. getting it on a mic I don't, in yeah. mono. Tinley, Tinley's a big expo- exponent of uh, air moving, isn't he? I mean, that's what, you know, you, that's what you, he says he misses from, from some software things is you can't really get a sense of air moving. And I suppose that's, you know, that's actually a valid point. If that's the sort of thing you're after, obviously. So... Mm-hmm. Um, right, I think we probably have uh, have reached the end of our uh, of our discourse here and been very yeah. uh, enjoyable. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, don't forget, Gaz, you've got to you've got to mm. plug your show again. Eight o'clock on yes, your Gaz please. Williams channel. Uh, the Gaz Williams want... show. Ah, oh, shall I say who the guest is? That's I up to you. On. Yeah, because I'm really pleased. Uh, um, Lisa Bella Donna is going to be joining me, so she's going to be doing <gasps> some performance. Amazing, amazing, wow. amazing synthesis. Uh, well, actually, amazing musician all around, really. Um, so, yeah, so I'm quite pleased. And that hopefully is going to set a precedent of the standard of guests that I'm going to be having on my show. <laughs> that will make up for the lack of quality coming from me anyway. So that's... Nonsense. Um, <laughs> No, so um, yeah, so yeah, nine. Uh, sorry, eight to eight p.m. UK time. So what's that? I think it's roughly what's that midday over on Pacific time. And sort of, yeah. Three hours from now is probably the best way, mind you, only for the people watching live. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. you get some of that audience. We're we're hap- you know, hopefully they'll get head over there. Yeah, uh, and it's just, just yeah, just just a bit of bit of fun, and uh, yeah, and I'm just really, really, really intrigued to see. Oh God, you know, I've been dying to do it. This the 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 mini brute two and the 
being able to mess with the, the sequencer and the and the sounds of the Mini Brute 2 with the subharmonicon, you know, and have it mounted there and patching between. Oh, I've been having lots of ideas about, but I've resisted the temptation. So yes, that's. Uh, um, and I've also got my next Eurorack module as well, which I might announce at the end as well. Ah, so what, well, which okay. will be the next episode. <laughs> Excellent. That's the tease. Well, um, folks, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. I uh, don't forget if you want to uh, enter to win a copy of the isotopes ozone nine advanced uh, we're looking for the hashtag lockdown master one word and the hashtag ozone nine to at sonic state and at isotope inc that's on twitter so uh, do enter um uh, good chance you might win well i mean i say good chance there are ah, fortunately plenty of you uh, who watch the show and uh, don't forget I, I think we've got our audio podcast thing sorted out so hopefully that'll be showing up i think with, with podbean at the moment that may change who knows but i want to say thank you very much to everyone for joining us uh dominic thank you so much uh for joining thank us you, uh, have you got any more live streams coming yourself on Mr. Rig- Hopefully, yeah. Wigan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There should be some more coming up. Um, the, the first, the last one I did was really successful, so I'm very chuffed by that. But if you don't know who Lisa Belladonna is, and if you do, you'll know to watch it. Definitely right. catch Gaz's stream tonight because, yeah, yeah just right. amazing. You'll have it. You're in for a treat. That's, a, that's a, a good coup. But yeah, thanks, everyone. Check out my YouTube channel, please. Excellent. Yeah. And also, Mr. Robbie Bronneman, who uh, I guess you'll be back to working on your EP. Are you doing so? Are you pulling like long hours? Are you just sort of lost in it all, or are you just trying to be disciplined and get a routine going? Um, I, I've got, I'm one of these weird people. I, I do tend to revert to the nighttime hours, but I start getting into this bizarre because I'm on my own at home. I'm, got in, I'm literally on my own at the moment. I, I got into this weird thing where, like, if I didn't watch it, I would just end up totally swapping. And before I knew it, I'd be like working all night and going to bed at 11 and then getting up, you know, and then and then nobody can get hold of you because you're asleep when everybody else is awake. So I realised it's actually not very practical when you're trying to keep com- you know, com- communication open with yeah. people for your mental health. So I've, I've really tried not to work through the night. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Robbie. And uh, as ever, lovely to have you on. And uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, It's been a pleasure as ever. So I will now switch to our lovely four-way action. uh, And now I've got to figure out how to shut the stream off in time for everybody. I'm going to... Sorry. Good title. Good title. I think the... Four-way action. Well, actually, actually, so far, the title's looking like, if you don't like it, wipe it, which I quite like. That's yeah. quite a good one. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we'll see you all well, again sometime soon. Uh, take care and we will see you next week. Thanks very much for Thank watching. You. See you later. Bye bye now.